Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of In The Zone. I'm here with Giancarlo Aulino and uh, yeah, there's no Pinello today, but uh, we're going to keep this thing moving. Um, Super Bowl, I don't remember, was it 54? Super Bowl 54 was a Sunday. We saw the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes got it done. He beat out Jimmy G, as a lot of betters expected. Um, this game was actually pretty hyped, I'm not going to lie. They uh, kind of advertised it as being an Eagles-Patriots-type Super Bowl, as it was two years ago. Alino, did it live up to the hype? Yes or no? It did, because uh, we were at uh, Alex Grassi's house. Shout out to him. With uh, A lot of people were thinking, okay, maybe Mahomes will get it done. Uh, then they start losing by 10. It's like, okay, San Fran's got this all wrapped up. Then uh, the commentators bring up the coach's history in Atlanta, what happened in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, oh. and the same thing happened. They blew the lead, KC comes back, and Mahomes ends up with the MVP. So it lived up to the hype in that now we get to make fun of Atlanta's coach, former coach, and now the coach of the San Francisco 49ers once again. And uh, he probably hates his life right now. <laughs> How do you think overall, though, like Jimmy G played under pressure? Because a lot of people were saying, oh, this guy's the next Brady. Yeah. He's going to be that good. He did look composed at times, but I still think Mahomes was – he's far and away the better quarterback. Is, is it safe to say? Yeah, and I think Garoppolo, like they went away from their game plan. Like when they were running the ball, like all they could have done was just kill the clock waste some time get the downs to get a field goal maybe just go close you don't have to throw the ball once he got into a position where okay let's throw the ball more and uh just didn't work out so that's a bad one for him he had the super bowl one all they had to do is run down the last seven eight minutes they would have been champions but he decided to throw the ball end up to an interception and uh casey took over so garoppolo that's one he likely wants back uh, based on how he performed. Yeah, uh, as well, a lot of people bring up the mobile QB being like a like a game-changing thing in the NFL. Like we see Curry in the NBA, he changed it, three-point shooting. Connor McDavid's speed is just out of this world. Can you see guys like Mahomes, Lamar Jackson changing the NFL and making, you know, the blueprint to be successful is having a mobile QB because – I mean, it was kind of exposed in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G is not that fast, and, you know, out of the pocket, he's pretty solid. But other than that, he didn't rush a lot. And, you know, Mahomes, he had a couple key rushes there where he would rush, like, 20 yards. He'd get to that first down. And, yeah, do you think uh, mobile QBs is uh, the new regimen in the NFL? I hope so. Makes it more exciting. Like, just watching the way he was playing and uh, the kind of risks he would take just running around and, looking for passes in odd positions like maybe in the center and then he would even go for it and just throw and got that first down late it was a tiebreaker there and then they got that touchdown to get the lead but uh, I think it makes it more exciting for fans because you see more quarterbacks maybe even the offense take more risks and go into other areas of the game and uh, yeah maybe Garoppolo the way he plays might be something that we talk about maybe a thing of the past in quarterbacks where they just throw and look for the safe play uh, Mahomes just wants to change that and all for it yeah um, one more thing before we move on Mahomes do you think this guy is actually like the next Brady because people are saying he's so composed at a young age he's already a, a Super Bowl champion two-time Pro Bowl he's an MVP winner already both in the Super Bowl and in the season do you think he could actually be the next Brady do you think he could win about five rings or do you think that's kind of far-fetched I would wait maybe four or five years into his career because right now it's just second year in he's just uh, getting his feet wet in the league he gets a super bowl that's a great start but in five years let's say he gets another one super bowl maybe two uh then he's in that discussion because then he's looking at his career he's got maybe another 10 years to go maybe even 12 so i would uh wait a little bit but his career it's looking like it could match that we're from Brady damn well I guess we're gonna have to wait and see I know KC is favorite to win again next year we just have to wait and see because again we don't know what's gonna happen in the offseason in the NFL but moving forward we'll move to the NHL now tough game last night for the Leafs Mark Pissick out of all guys gets a hat trick I don't remember the last time a Florida defenseman got a hat trick it must have been like Ed Jovanovsky or someone of like you know that that era that long ago but man the Leafs were up what was it 2-1 or 1-3-1 and they allow they they blow another 3-1 lead um 
Freddie Anderson now is well injured, so that's another thing that Leaf fans have to worry about. Um, the thing that really upsets me about this game was not only Pissick getting a hat trick because a lot of defensemen, unless your name is like Shea Weber, you're not getting a hat trick every like as as often. But there was no Alex Barkov in this game, and the Leafs could not. They were up three one. They couldn't beat Florida. What does that say about the Leafs? Defensively, they're awful. And Barry, like even though you look at his stats, he has thirty points in fifty two games. It doesn't really show on the ice what he's doing. Like it's not like the same Barry we saw in Colorado. Uh, he has that uh, leeway now with Riley out of the lineup to go in and make creative plays, and just hasn't really worked out here. So I don't know what to make of it. Cody CC. I don't know what he was thinking on the last play, giving up the puck, but that led to a goal. And now with Anderson out, it's gonna just get worse because Riley's still out. <laughs> Who are you gonna make a trade for with this lineup? Like the blue line's thin, so unless Lilgren comes out and him and Sandine just play one and two the bulk of the minutes, this is gonna be a rough end to the season. If you're if you're Kyle Dubas, are you gonna go full panic mode and? might have to trade Dermot or Lilgren to get a goalie, or are you just kind of rolling with Cascasuo and Hutchison for like the next week or two and one of the most important times of the season? So I don't really know what to expect with the Leafs moving forward. I know last night's loss, I was saying to a lot of my coworkers that it was a four-point game last night, and yeah. they came up short, and now I think Florida's about two points or three points behind us. For our starting goalie's injured, and uh, Morgan Riley's still on the men, so... I mean, he's still injured, so I don't really know what to think. I know Rasmus Sandin has looked phenomenal uh, since coming up, but even that, that's not enough. I mean, Justin Hall is great as well, but guys like CC and, and you know, even Muzzin coming back, he didn't look that good last night. So I really don't know what to believe at this point. I know a lot of Leaf fans, they don't want to trade anybody because, you know, they like the team that we have. But, you know, something's got to give. I feel like if we want to get over the hump, we may have to go for the likes of a Bufflin whose contract is likely to be terminated within the next couple days with Winnipeg. That Do you think the Leafs could arguably target him? I think that would be a great fit. But another guy that's been rumored to get traded for like at least a year now has been Pareko. And I think the Leafs should maybe call and see what the return would be. I know that St. Louis, they they want to, you know, they want to win back-to-back cups, and I think that he's a part of their core, so maybe the price would be high. But do you see the Leafs maybe trying to make a big-time trade to get a defenseman at this point in time? I would hope they go after Pareko, just based on his age. But if uh, Bufflin's out there at minimum salary, if you can uh, manage to get him under just for this year, and then work on something, see how he does in the off-season and preseason, and get to a good number, I think. Those two would be uh, realistic if you can manage just to give only Kapanen and a Janssen. But uh, if they want everybody like a Bracco, they want Logan, they want everyone that you can't really risk that now because the expansion draft's going to happen and it would leave your team exposed if you give those guys up now. And then your return after uh, what you could get in the draft would be a lot lower. So I'd hold off on that, maybe target a backup goalie and uh, see what other <laughs> rental defensemen are available. Yeah, I guess it's going to be a grind from here on out for the Leafs because I knew I knew Florida was going to be great. I knew that it would be hard for the Leafs to make the playoffs this season because we did say that. Even you said I'm pretty sure that Florida would arguably win the Atlantic Division, and you know they're doing just that. They're doing very well. They're right in there, and of course Tampa started awful, and now Kucherov and Stamkos they're they're starting to tear it up again. And the the funny thing is they're only like three points behind Boston now for first which would mean we would face Boston again. again. So I don't know if I want to face Boston this year. Pasternak has been a different animal. So, you know, as Leaf fans, we got to just take it day by day. We got to stay as positive as we can. And hopefully Dubas will do the right thing. But talking about trades, the NBA trade deadline is this Thursday. And we all know that (laughs) there are no prisoners when it comes to trades in the NBA. You can trade anybody. It feels like anybody's available at any time. Like we saw last year with, or not even last year, it was two years ago, Kyrie Irving got dealt. Paul George just got traded for like five first round picks. Alino, do you see any big time names getting traded this Thursday? Andre Iguodala. (laughs) He's played this year. He didn't even report to Memphis, which is a shame because they have a pretty good team. John Morant, JV, 
So if I was Iguodala, he could have played a little bit, got some minutes, worked with John Moran, would have made him look amazing, get some shots. But now the Memphis Grizzlies are in a position where, okay, we have to like probably take nothing, just cut his contract <laughs> and let him go. But uh, he's one. D'Angelo Russell's another name. Yeah, I'm surprised that Golden State would trade him now and on the draft where they could get a bigger return. But they want to get as many people back as possible for right now and build with uh, somebody in their roster and then next year have Curry and Thompson back with them. So I think uh, Golden State's going to make some noise as they tank for the first overall pick. What do you think um, the return can be, though, for D'Lo? Because I know that the teams that have been really uh, aggressive in trying to get D'Angelo has been, have been the Timberwolves and the Knicks. And now it's kind of funny because the Knicks passed up on D'Lo in the draft. And now all of a sudden, oh, we, we want D'Lo. We're trying to trade Bobby Portis and Neto Kina and all these other guys. I don't really know what to believe when it comes to the Timberwolves because I've been hearing it all year since October hit. It's like, yeah, the Timberwolves want D'Lo. And now apparently I'm hearing that Andrew Wiggins may be um, in that trade I don't really – I don't know if there's going to be any big, big trades like we saw with the Paul George one. That was monstrous. That was that was a blockbuster. But another name that I've actually been hearing recently that might be going is Clint Capella. Apparently, um, just based on salary cap, Houston, I don't think they want him. I think they want someone that can shoot the three a little more. Capella, he's kind of like a Gobert. He doesn't shoot the three, but he's a great rebounder. He scores the ball a lot. Another guy, like you just said, Igudala. I don't know what his value is right now. I know he wants to sit out the whole year with Memphis. And we see on Twitter that guys like Dylan Brooks and John Morant, they're not taking any of that. So they want to face him in the year and they want to – you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if Miami were to get Igudala. Just based based off the season they're having, I feel like – it would put them over the hump and I feel like they would uh, be able to beat a like a Indiana and a Philly if they got Iguodala so I don't know man do you do you see like maybe a Zach Levine going do you see like uh like a Kyle Kuzma like who else do you see getting traded if the numbers work I see DeRozan as a Laker for Kuzma and maybe Avery Bradley if they can really make the number where it would fit under the cap and the luxury tax and draft picks and all that, I see DeRozan would be a perfect fit for that team. And another one with uh, Wiggins, if, which is some magic Carl Anthony Towns on the Golden State Warriors. Holy shit. D'Angelo Russell plus whoever they have, draft picks for the next like five years, unprotected lottery picks for Carl Anthony Towns. And then you get Curry back, Thompson back, Draymond Green. Carl Anthony Towns and whoever the first overall pick would be. That would be so unfair, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State get that. Uh, I'm just trying to picture a trade scenario with D-Lo going to the Timberwolves, and I could see it being like, if it's not Towns, I could see it being like Covington, Wiggins, a first, something else. Because is it say is D-Lo better than Wiggins? Would you say his value is a little higher, or would yeah. you say it's around the same? I think his value right now is higher, but if Wiggins is in the right team... Uh, surrounding him just let him shoot don't have to worry about doing too many uh, extra things and he has to I think uh, something that plays his strengths would be make him a lot more valuable but right now the way the trade value is and how D'Lo's been playing D'Lo's for sure the better player yeah I just want to talk about a funny guy he wants out we all know he wants out Kevin Love oh yeah do you see this guy getting traded to maybe his hometown in Portland or do you think that's still not happening at all because I know the person that would probably have to go is Hassan Whiteside. And I don't think he wants to go play in Cleveland. No. So do you really see Kevin Love getting traded? If anything, I think it will probably be at the draft. I don't see it being at the deadline. Um, I love Kevin Love as a, as a basketball player, but just just seeing what's happened there, you know, he's gotten into fights with the GM. I don't know. Like, I hope that they try and find another place for him, but I don't know. I don't see it happening. Yeah, me neither. He's not going anywhere. He signed that contract. He should have known LeBron was dipping as soon as that thing was up. And once Irving left, uh, he should have known that the writing was on the wall. And he decided to sign a max for five years. That's all on him. (laughs) He should have known. And I think just at the draft, they'll probably uh, waive him. And then for the purpose of a buyout. And then Cleveland fans will be hating him for the rest of his life. 
<laughs> you know who's another guy that can go to the Lakers is Derrick Rose. Yeah. And I think that actually might happen because Derrick Rose is great at spacing the floor and LeBron James again. He's getting older. Like we all know he's still one of the best players in the game, but that guy needs rest as well. Derrick Rose can easily go in. Um, you could have LeBron starting at point guard and you could have Derrick Rose maybe as the sixth man. Um, but again, this is all going to screw things up. Uh, when DeMarcus Cousins comes back. So, again, if Cousins is going to come back and play like 18 minutes a night, and I don't even know if he wants that, then everything will work out fine. But, again, if Derrick Rose goes to the Lakers, like what is the package looking like, you think? Probably For sure Avery Bradley because of that contract and maybe uh, some other bench player. I don't think Danny Green will trade him just because of what he offers in the playoffs. I think they'll take a risk on his contract right now. But uh, – for sure, uh, down the line, they'll have to see what draft picks they have left, and they'll have to unprotect a lottery pick, maybe salary cap relief. But I can see Derrick Rose being a good fit for the Lakers. Yeah, I can too um, as well. I think Kyle Kuzma would have to go the other yeah. way in that trade. But I don't know if the Lakers want to trade him, if the players don't like him, if, they, if LeBron doesn't respect him. I don't know what's going on there. But Kyle Kuzma, ever since everyone else kind of dipped in that trade, I feel like he's kind of been an outcast on that team. So maybe Kyle Kuzma needs a new fresh scenery. I know that I've been hearing that the Lakers want to do a Kuzma for Bogdanovich one for one. Um, I don't know if Sacramento is going to do that. I know that he's a free agent at season's end and apparently he's walking. Apparently they're not they're not going to sign him. Apparently they, they still also have to extend uh, Marvin Bagley. So I think they're more committed to him. But I think it's going to be a fun time um, Thursday. I really don't know what to expect. I know Zach Levine and Devin Booker have even been linked to the Lakers somehow. So if Zach Levine were to go to the Lakers, I really don't want to know what the return would be. It'd probably have to be Kuzma, Horton Tucker, a first, maybe even Boogie going the other way. Because Zach Levine right now is balling out. He's averaging like 27 a game. I think he gets around six threes a game. He is that perfect catch-and-shoot guy for LeBron. Um, if you're the Lakers, Alino, are you trying to get Levine or are you trying to get Devin Booker? Oh, Devin Booker. Yeah. In a heartbeat. I would go <laughs> Devin Booker. But the return for Devin Booker compared to Levine would be a totally different ball game. I don't think the Lakers would risk that just because in case things go bad, you can turn into Phoenix the way they are with just Devin Booker and no one else. So Anthony Davis, you don't know with him. Uh, the playoffs hopefully – for the Lakers' sake, they don't get bounced by New Orleans in the first round or second round because that team's looking dangerous. Or uh, Davis could even beat Walk and just say, you know what, this isn't going to work. I'm going to go to Chicago and then uh, LeBron will be stuck by himself. I feel like that is the only place he would go is Chicago because yeah. it's his hometown. Like Other than that, I don't see him going anywhere else. Knock on wood for the Raptors, but I don't see him uh, going anywhere. But how about the Raptors? Do you think the Raptors – make any very important moves as i know kyle lowry has been mentioned that he might be on the move serge Ibaka, marcus saul who do you think the raptors can get if they get anyone at the trade deadline i would go after uh somebody that can be a veteran and be a leader on the team and then come and play valuable minutes like you look at the standings this team is in a great spot i would take advantage of it and try to go and repeat and then in the offseason evaluate how everyone played and then make the trades like a Lowry or Gasol but Carmelo Anthony is out there that could add some three-pointers to your team veteran and uh, Vince Carter if he gets bought out I'd like to see him come back but <laughs> uh, there's some maybe a center too like I want to go crazy and go after like a Devin Booker like if you can make a move that helps your team off the bench uh, another defensive player to come in I think it would uh, be very valuable for your team how about um a guy like a Clint Capella because I know the Raptors have kind of been they've been inconsistent when looking at centers like Serge Ibaka we got we've actually that's actually been a trend for the for the Raptors if you think about it I mean we got Serge I think three years ago at the deadline and then we got Gasol last year at the deadline so it wouldn't be a surprise if the Raptors got like a Clint Capella a Drummond some center but I don't want Capella or Andre Drummond. If I'm getting a center, I want a center 
that'll do, if not more, than Serge Ibaka. Because Serge, is, we've seen, he's great from yeah. three-point range now. He's way better than guys like Drummond. Drummond can't shoot a three. Capella can't shoot a three. Um, but if they do, they will be dominant players in this game. Like They'll kind of be like a Joel Embiid if they can hit that three-point shot. But we all know they can't space the floor. I really do want to see the Raptors try and go all in for like a Drew Holiday right now. Because I feel like he's a guy that... He brings that hard work both defensively, offensively. And we all know the Pelicans, they don't need Drew Holiday. They have Lonzo. They have all those young guys. So I think Drew Holiday's. I know his contract's kind of – it's a lot. It's around $30 million, But I, the thing – the only big question would – if we were to get Drew Holiday's, I don't know what the return would be. I don't know who we would have to give up. Would it have to be an OG on an OB? Would it have to be like a Terrence Davis or a Norman Powell? Because Powell's been balling right now and – I don't really know if I want to mess that up, that chemistry. But again, we all know that he just like he broke his hand, I think, or yeah, his finger. So he's yeah, he might be yeah. done for the year. So I really don't know what to expect with this with the Raps team. Do you see them maybe going for more of a center or more of a guard at this point? I mean, I think a center or power forward. Uh, Norm Powell would have been the perfect uh, trade chip for that. But with him getting injured at the worst time. That kind of puts their plans out because a lot of teams looking at the last five games would say, okay, you know what? I'll take Norm Powell straight up for our player. But with him uh, being out long term, I don't think Norm Powell can get traded now. I just, I don't really know. Like, would fans be upset if Kyle Lowry got traded? Because at this point, I don't think I'd be that upset. I mean, he's been playing amazing, but if it were to get like a true holiday, sure. Like, I'm, I'm doing that trade nine times out of 10. Yeah, if you get someone with term, and uh, who can put up the similar stats to Kyle Lowry, I think a lot of people wouldn't mind that. Also, quickly, I want to talk about Davis Bertans. Um, we all know that he's been amazing this season. Uh, the rumor right now is that the Celtics are looking to get Davis Bertans. Would that mean that maybe Gordon Hayward is going the other way to Washington? Oh. And what would that mean for Washington? A big three of injuries. And a big three of terrible contracts. Yeah. John Wall, Gordon Hayward on the same team. Uh, the medical staff, good for them. They're going to earn that money, but I would not go after Gordon Hayward. That's a huge risk and red flag for Washington. <laughs> I mean, if like, but what is, that's the biggest question is, what is Davis Bertans' value? Like, what do you think it is? If you're Boston, if you're the head coach and you're looking at Bertans, who are you trading from Boston? Because to me, it's probably gordon hayward if it's not hayward it's i'm not i'm not trading marcus smart i think he's no, really yeah, good um probably hayward canter like i don't really know that's the thing um does does washington really want ennis canter and gordon hayward no, no i don't think so so like again we've been talking about this for a while andre drummond has been linked to um he's been linked to the hawks like all year do you really see drummond leaving or do you see him running out his contract and then going for the max deal in free agency? I think Dallas would be a spot where Drummond can go because then you've got a Porzingis move to the four. And then Drummond at the center and Doncic just tearing it up from outside. I think that would be a good uh, fit for him. But with Detroit, like I don't think Drummond will want to stay now because they got Dwayne Casey and that looked like it was a promising coaching move. And Blake Griffin came in. That looked like, okay, the Detroit's going to be for real. They've done so many trades to try and rebuild, and it just hasn't worked out. So I think they're going to have to start all over again, uh, trade everyone they can. Blake Griffin might be a little tough, but cut their losses with him and go for the draft every year. So my biggest question with you saying Dallas is, I mean, they have Porzingis at center, Cauley Stein now they just traded for, and Bobin Marjanovic. So what would what do you think Dallas would have to do? Would they have to put Porzingis on the four yeah. and Drummond at center? Holy shit. So do you really want to spend – that much money on your centers all right i mean big compared to and then you would have a good uh matchup with the lakers because davis would be there and you can have porzingis and drummond spread out the floor a little bit have drummond be more of a defensive player and then porzingis going for threes because from the outside he can play well but if you're gonna have a matchup problem for a lot of the top heavy teams in the league that could maybe get you past the second round Last thing I want to talk about for the NBA trade deadline is, is this true or false, you believe? Chris Paul, rumored to go back to the Clippers. Oh, my God. I hope it's false. 
the Clippers' owner is probably like, yeah, no thanks. He wants how he's making how much? I think, yeah, it's almost forty million. Yeah, take a look <laughs> to the GM. He's not bringing him back, but Chris Paul, like, I don't know. It's a shame. He was like one of the best point guards in the league. I still think he's having a fantastic year. I, I a lot of another guy that Dennis Schroeder. Apparently, the Knicks want Dennis Schroeder. So a team for me to watch, like a monitor in this uh, trade deadline, is definitely OKC. Yeah, because they're surprising guys. But again, Stephen Adams has been rumored to go. Gallinari has been rumored to go, and now Schroeder and Chris Paul are rumored to potentially get traded. So this team could look completely different, kind of like what happened with New Orleans, like by by the summer. Yeah. So, do you really believe that Oklahoma City is like going to trade all these guys, or do you think they're going to kind of just stick with it because they have been pretty successful? I think they're going to trade them all. And uh, because the Clippers <laughs> gave them that big package for Paul George, all those first-round picks, I think uh, OKC are in a really good position where they can rebuild and get the best possible players every year. Uh, maybe even package some of those Clipper picks and move up in the draft. So their GM, if he can get a big return for a guy like Chris Paul at this stage of his career in that contract, I think he will easily do that. Uh, Gallinari would be an interesting piece. Even if the Raptors were to go after him, that would be a good fit. And uh, would, Steven yeah. Adams is another one. If you can trade Steven Adams and get some younger players back, uh, maybe three-point shooters, to even out when Chris Paul eventually leaves, I think you're in a good position. I'm just trying to think again of what the return would be for Gallinari because he's really good. I think it would have to be like a like Gasol, Davis, and a first for yeah. Gallinari because Gallinari, he's a uh, – He's one of the best in the game, but how about is Demar? De, do you think Demar Derozan or Derrick Rose are more? Who who do you think has the higher odd to go to the Lakers right I mean, now? Yeah, Derrick Rose based on the contract, but uh, better fit I would think maybe Derozan because of the mid range game he has, and he would cause so many problems for the opposing team because he always gets to the foul line, he always gets the free throws. And uh, it would help LeBron, I think, get some more room because they'll respect that DeRozan's inside the paint and then they'll say, okay, they're going to pass him, but then LeBron will have that lane to go to the basket. So I think DeRozan's the best fit possible. And then Danny Green off the bench would help. So I'm going to go DeRozan. But Derrick Rose will probably be there first. Yeah, I think, I think DeMar DeRozan actually, thinking about it now, I would trade Kuzma straight up for DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. For me, it doesn't matter the age at that point. I think... They're in win-now mode. LeBron James isn't going to be here forever. He's going to retire eventually. And I think, yeah, I think the Lakers, they need to make a statement trade. And I think that would be the trade where they get DeMar DeRozan and a lot of people, including myself at times, I've kind of, you know, written off DeMar DeRozan's game a bit because, again, this is a more of a three-point shooting league and he is not that three-point shooter. But again, he's still getting those points. He's one of the most aggressive guys in the game and if anything, he's more motivated now than ever, ever since that trade and since the Raptors won without him. So I feel like I'd be very happy for him if he went to the Lakers and won a chip because that'd be that'd be great for DeMar DeRozan. If anything, he deserves it. But I don't know if he would uh, if they would be able to afford him. I feel like if DeMar went to L.A., I think it'd just be one year and then that's yeah, literally it contract because his contract's up. So. Uh, he would be a very expensive rental player, kind of like if you had to relate it to hockey, probably like what we said last year with Matt Duchesne, very expensive rental, but didn't get the job done. So maybe DeMar DeRozan, if he goes to the Lakers, they can get the job done and they can win it for Kobe Bryant. But uh, let's move forward. Alino, you got some uh, WWE, uh, you got some things uh, planned for Saudi. You got to tell me about them. So uh, first of all, this Friday on SmackDown, Goldberg was announced. <laughs> Shit. It was a commercial. So uh, that can only mean one thing. He's definitely not coming just to announce a WrestleMania match. He's going to be competing in Saudi Arabia. Against who? Uh, I don't think it will be Dolph Ziggler. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's uh, Bobby Roode. Maybe Matt Riddle. Uh, but <laughs> Goldberg will oh my be God. there. Uh, another guy named uh, potentially for Saudi Arabia is Sting. Uh, the Undertaker is confirmed for Saudi Arabia. He's part of that deal with WWE. So if he doesn't wrestle, he'll be there. But Sting, Undertaker, Goldberg. There's talks of maybe moving Edge versus Randy Orton from WrestleMania. It's a super showdown to give it more of a main event feel. I don't like the move. But, yeah, 
Super Showdown's looking like a nice nostalgia show for the Saudi people. Nothing's nothing's changing then. Uh, Goldberg, to me, has to go now. Uh, I don't care if they ha- if Matt Riddle and Goldberg had that interaction backstage. I don't think Matt Riddle needs to have a match with Goldberg. Like at the end of the day, if I'm Matt Riddle, I'm looking at Goldberg and I'm like. Listen, like you're a you're a legend, you know you've done a lot for the business, but I'm at a position in my career where I don't need to face you. I need all the credibility I need, and you're not the credibility. You are fifty something years old. You put on one of the worst matches in WWE history with the Undertaker <laughs> at a Saudi show. Oh, so I really don't know what to expect with these shows anymore. I mean, Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman oh, was awful. awful. Kane Velasquez and Brock was awful. So. I really don't know what to expect, Alino. I mean, I, I I don't watch those shows in general because they usually are in the day and I'm busy and I really don't. <laughs> I don't really. Yeah, I, I just watch like one or two matches and I, all right, it's time to close the WWE network and move on to better things. Like right now, like I was looking at the card and the only thing worth watching is probably the Ricochet and Lesnar. And that will probably be like two minutes. It probably won't even be that long. Um, but if Edge and Randy are not at Mania and they're at this show, that is an abomination. That is awful. That's absolutely. Even if I met, like, I'd be, I'd be pretty upset. Like, come on, like, who would he, who do, you, who do you think he'd face then at WrestleMania? I'd probably have a screwy finish and do a rematch. But yeah, his <laughs> first match in nine years, singles match would be a Super Showdown. Yeah, I'd be pissed. I mean, but is he scheduled to be there or, or no? Is this like a last he, second kind of? Yeah, it'd probably be a last second thing to get him over. But if he is scheduled, it'd just be like make an entrance attack randy orton or something but they go with the match then that kind of ruins their whole wrestlemania build-up a little bit what do you think alino of all the guys getting suspended and now samoa joe is suspended apparently he failed the drug test again um is this like you joked about it last week about they just want to skip saudi do you think do you think this is this could actually be a thing or or no (laughs) <laughs> to be smart because what is WWE going to do fire Andrade and uh, Samoa Joe they'll go to AEW exactly so <laughs> I think with options now it helps these guys out because they can tell uh, Vince McMahon okay that's fine I'll go to the big <laughs> network at TNT and I'll make money for them so they'll probably give them fines going forward and sort of 60 and like 90 day suspensions maybe like oh we're going to fine you like $10,000 or $5,000 if you fail but yeah they got they're smart. You miss the Saudi show, and then you come back, get a month off, and then you got WrestleMania to look forward to. <laughs> you know, they're all resting their bodies, so for now, they're just going to take whatever drugs to fail, and then they'll come back, and they'll be better than ever. So they're very smart in that way. I mean, I hope Samoa Joe gets something. Yeah. Because last week, remember what I said about Braun Strowman, how there was no hope? Well, guess what happened? He won the Intercontinental title. As I said, what happened, but again, I didn't want to believe it because I didn't think WWE had any faith in Braun Strowman holding a title. This is his first title, Alino. Is it a long time coming? Of course it is, yeah. but is it deserving? It's long overdue, but uh, based on what Shinsuke did with the title, all the possibilities, he only defended it three times since he won, <laughs> and that was like seven months ago. <laughs> oh my God. So Braun Strowman winning, I have uh, my doubts. Of what they're going to do with this, but just put the title back on the Miz and let them build that title back up, the credibility, because I don't see any hope with Braun Strowman. I don't see where they're going to go with it. Maybe he's with Sami Zayn, but this is not looking good. It's just one of those where you look at, he has the title now, and you look at who's on SmackDown. Would it be the Miz, though? Because I don't want to really see Braun Strowman versus the Miz. I feel like that wouldn't be a good match. And... Again, if the Miz were to win the IC title, what is that? That'd be I think he'd pass Jericho for ten or eleven. Yeah. So he so would. Be, so yeah. maybe maybe that's why they do it. They They're a little salty. It's Miz like yeah, Jericho won. Uh, fuck you. You know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But you know, I could see it being <laughs> Baron Corbin. Oh my God. Of course, he he has to be involved at some point. And if Baron Corbin faces Braun Strowman at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Title, that would be the perfect meme. And then you have Baron Corbin win. Maybe he can hit him with like his crown. The ref doesn't see and pins him. Or, of course, you can go the lazy approach, but the epic way. And that is you can have like a six-man ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Just like they did when Daniel Bryan won it. Um, 
But what direction do you see moving forward with this with this belt? I see it a short-term pre-show belt. Oh, man. It's sad, but the United States title Same. actually has some credibility to it compared to the Intercontinental title, and I never thought that would ever happen. No. Well, and they even changed the belt, and I think the U.S. title needs a change, too, because yeah. it's been a long time. But, again, now that Andrade is suspended, the U.S. title will not be on TV for the next month. So that brings credibility to the belt, right? No, it does not. Um, do you see a potential Latino order happening on Raw? Because we've been seeing now, uh, who came out yesterday? Uh, Angel Garza. Oh, yeah. Angel Garza. Yeah. Angel Garza came out with Zelina Vega. Now I guess they're together. Can you potentially see all three of them aligning plus maybe a heel Ray? That would be awesome. That so would. I want to see Ray as a heel. When he had that pipe and he was going after Lesnar and everyone, he was hitting. He's like, my friend here. That's uh, when they should have went with it. Dominic would be – I think Dominic's uh, at the Performance Center. Like, he's training. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure. He'd yeah. probably be – like, what we saw at Survivor Series, like, some of the bumps he was taking, like, he looks comfortable in the ring. So I wouldn't take a chance on him. Maybe bring him up for a little bit, see what he can do in a dark match and go with Dominic in the stable, wrestle on Mysterio's behalf and – bring Mysterio in after for the big matches, but I think Ray would have to be the leader and have Andrade and Angel Garza and Umberto, since they're apparently cousins now, Umberto Carrillo and Garza would be tag champs and go with the LWO. There it is. I mean, I think that's a good idea. It's just, it's just a pitch. I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but um, also we, I just want to quickly discuss, you know, Drew McIntyre just turning babyface, and uh, he just beat Mojo Raleigh. We saw Raleigh kind of had a little bit of momentum the last couple weeks, and then obviously gets squashed by the top babyface on Raw. Do you see this babyface run being as successful as the Seth Rollins of last year, or do you think it could arguably surpass that? Oh, I think it's going to surpass it. I think yeah. the fans are – because Drew hasn't really been shoved down everyone's throat. Like when Seth came out, they had the gauntlet thing, and they were really <laughs> overdoing it, I felt. And then when Becky won the title, they had him and her as a tag team. And Oh, my they, God. They I, don't, I remember that now. I, did, I, I forgot about that. Lacey Damn. Evans, too, and Baron Corbin. Like That was a mess. <laughs> Those three months. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> I remember that match. <laughs> That main event? Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's when uh, everyone was calling for Seth Rollins to drop the title. Maybe even to Baron Corbin. I remember, though. I remember that. <laughs> it I remember. never happened. But, uh, yeah, like, I think Drew will have more success there. There's a lot of possibilities. Maybe AJ can challenge him after. Maybe uh, Drew can go in a feud with Orton and Edge. And they have a triple threat to protect Edge a little bit. And tease that Edge will win the title again. And have Orton interrupt that and say yeah it's not going to happen RKO him and win the title so I'd like to see Randy maybe take it from Drew if Drew beats Brock I'm not going to say it's going to happen because it's Brock Lesnar he could sign you know another contract extension and just be like yeah fuck you guys I'm going to stay champ um but what do you think is going to happen at Mania for Seth Rollins because he's a guy that a lot of people hate he's probably one of the biggest guys in the company you know he turns everything into gold what kind of program can you we maybe see from Seth Rollins maybe as WrestleMania comes around? Because he's one of the guys I don't really know. I have no idea who he's going to face. Yeah, it's tough because when you look at the roster, like they've been doing the same thing with Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens. Like, like they do that yeah. so much, right? Like, I don't know. Like, is it Kevin Owens? Like, I don't want to see that. Like, I do, but not just one-on-one. Yeah. Like, We've seen it so much on Raw and all the pay-per-views. They've been going back and forth, six-man tags, like, I think they should have just done Roman and the Usos taking on AOP and Seth and have Buddy Murphy on the outside and whoever comes out interferes and helps them out. But I don't know what – there's nothing really for Seth Rollins this year, which is a shame because as a heel, he's been doing much better. And on Raw, you've been doing the same thing every week with Kevin Owens where it's like if you do this for another three months, I don't might limit everybody's expectations yeah i mean i agree with you that would have to be an interpromotional match because obviously roman and the usos are on smackdown but that could work perfectly you could even build around how it's like two members of the shield making their own teams they're going at it if they do that that's that's a good idea but again of course you hear names like cm punk and you hear other guys like like matt riddle i've even heard ricochet i don't know how but i don't want to see that Seth Rollins, to me, I think the perfect opponent would have probably been AJ Styles just yeah. for 
you know, AJ just getting injured. If he comes back, he can maybe um, be a baby face. But again, I hear that he's not happy on Raw. I hear that Vince McMahon is not happy with how he's performed on Raw, his his placement on the card. So can you maybe even see AJ maybe just randomly returning to SmackDown? That'd be cool. Yeah. If he did, just say, you know what, AJ's contract with Raw came up and he built that whole thing into it and he decided to go to SmackDown and Fox offered him a bigger deal. So I think it's... SmackDown's his show. Like, when you think of SmackDown, you think of guys like Edge and AJ and, like, guys who really stood out on SmackDown and built a career for themselves. So I'd like to see AJ go back. What would you do if Friday night you see Goldberg come out and turn heel and spear the shit out of Daniel Bryan? (laughs) What would you you do if we get Goldberg versus Daniel Bryan? Oh, my God. No. Uh, Daniel Bryan, the neck injuries, the concussions. I'm not putting him with Goldberg. I saw what happened to Bret Hart. I keep him far away from Goldberg. Uh, Roman Reigns, maybe. <laughs> let's Goldberg. let's be honest. It's probably going to be Dolph Ziggler, isn't it? Yeah. It's probably going to be Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg again. I mean, I'd, I'd want to see that. That was pretty awesome at SummerSlam. That was hilarious. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget when Ziggler super kicked I, uh, Goldberg and Goldberg dropped – that our section popped for that because we never thought that would happen. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and he didn't win. Obviously, it was like what two minutes, not yeah. even. Um, do you see any guys that aren't with the company right now coming back for Mania, like John Cena, The Rock, any any other yeah, Triple H again? Yeah, Triple obviously. H for sure. He'll have his forty-minute designated time period. Oh my god. Uh, Shane McMahon, I can see, maybe with Triple H. Uh, I see John Cena at WrestleMania against. The Undertaker, probably. Yeah. So it has to be someone big. I don't want to see Cena versus, like, some upstart coming up. Like, John Cena versus Andrade. You can do that on Raw or something. Like, I wouldn't want to see that. Give him a big feud. I don't really know. Like, I feel like I'd want to see Cena versus Corbin. No. <laughs> like, and you have Corbin win? Oh, <laughs> oh my two God. Two years in beats Kurt Angle and then John Cena. Uh, that match, to me, was so bad. When he beat Kurt Angle... A part of me died inside. Like, because I remember all the, the Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar matches, and then I just see his last match, he goes out against Corbin, one of the most hated heels, and loses. In a. Because you got to remember, the year before that match, he had that match with Ronda Rousey, and that was probably yeah, one of the best good. matches of the night. So. And he looked fine in that, and the decline just hit him hard. Oh, it hit him hard. I remember when I saw him on Raw, I'm like. Oh, man. You look old. You're limping. Just like stop. Samoa Joe where it looked like, oh, my God, someone got hurt. Like, <laughs> that was rough. But he souped like Samoa Joe. I thought he got, like, a sports hernia. I'm like, oh, shit. This he is it. dropped. And, oh, it's like, oh, I'm, also, oh, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. But uh, I don't really know what to expect for Saudi. I really, like, again, Braun Strowman winning the IC title was predictable. But I didn't want to see it happen. Um, the Fiend is probably taking on Kane. Yeah. Um, we still don't know who the Fiend could face at WrestleMania. I know that there is the chamber after. Do you see it being, is it, is it, I don't really want to say it, but do you think it's Roman Reigns? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah? yeah. One, just one-on-one? Yeah. Fuck. I don't see Daniel Bryan being a part of it. They'll tease it with the chamber that Daniel Bryan could win. Maybe you'll have, like, a screwy finish in there. Maybe they'll say, oh, Kofi could probably win it. But I think Daniel Bryan, Kofi, their hopes of, uh, being in that title match are done. Damn. That's fucking shitty. But Charlotte is uh, making some noise. She's uh, She got challenged by Rhea Ripley uh, on Raw, and now Charlotte's going to be on NXT Wednesday night. But kind of pisses me off about this is Rhea Ripley's going to challenge, uh, or Bianca Belair's challenging Rhea Ripley, and I think Bianca Belair versus Charlotte would actually be a bigger match, but Rhea Ripley and Charlotte looks like it's going to happen now. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't care either way. I think that would be absolutely a great professional move from Charlotte. I know that NXT, they're kind of lacking the star power right now. Shayna Baszler, she's, she hasn't gotten called up yet, and she didn't win the Rumble, so I really don't know what the plans are. I, I still hear that it's going to be Baszler versus uh, Becky at yeah. WrestleMania, but you never know. I mean, Becky just accepted the challenge from Asuka, but that wasn't for, was that, was that for Mania? No. No, just for next week. Yeah, just for, for next title. week for the title. So win again. 
Um, yeah, that'll probably end the feud there. Uh, like I said last week, I think Oscar deserves the position that Baszler's going to get just for this mania. I feel like Baszler's done it all in NXT, but I feel like she shouldn't have the spotlight yet. Maybe have it at SummerSlam. Maybe you could plant the seeds a little more. You could eat, maybe even have a Ronda Rousey come back. You could maybe have a marquee tag team match at, at SummerSlam, like Rousey and Baszler versus Charlotte and Becky. I don't know. Whatever. You could work on that. But Bianca Belair versus Charlotte, the more I think about it, that seems awesome. Like for WrestleMania, I feel like that would be awesome. And is it safe to say that Charlotte Flair would win? Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, she beats both of them. Yeah. 11-time champ. She's going to be, like, 20-time champ eventually. Start it off now. Get the reins coming in as she's getting a little older. And uh, I see, like, the reason why I think Ray Ripley will win against Bianca Belair is because Bianca Belair will probably be on SmackDown after WrestleMania. And then there's your feud right there. Charlotte and Bianca Belair going into the down period of WWE when it goes to, like, uh, April, May, June, before Money in the Bank, they don't really have those marquee matchups, so I think that's when we'll see it. Yeah, that's when it'll probably pick up. But is Money in the Bank in June this year, or is it back down to July? Yeah, that's a every year they seem to change it. Like July, June. Wasn't like, it in June, May? I think one year it was in May. Yeah, so I don't really know. What do you like? The thing with me again, Sheamus just came back. I want to see him maybe feud with Braun Strowman. That would probably be. Yeah. That would actually, I think, be a, a, a program I'd want to see. Yeah, the more I think about that, I want to see that. Um, but would you have Sheamus win it, or would you have Braun Strowman kind of just hold on to it? It's tough, because then Braun Strowman, where do you go after that? That's what you I mean, you know what him, I mean? But you can't push him to Bray Wyatt. Cause no, you can't. You'd have to bring up that he was a black sheep, and uh, <laughs> I don't think they're going to go down that road with him. But maybe Braun Strowman goes back to Raw, AJ goes to SmackDown. And you can have something there where AJ's feuding with Sheamus. But I kind of like to see Sheamus. Cesaro and him, too. Like I think Sheamus' champ opens up more possibilities. Um, just to close out this podcast, um, you so you say Roman Reigns is going to take on The Fiend. You think Roman Reigns is going to beat The Fiend at WrestleMania and win the WWE title? And for their sake, I or the uni- sorry, the Universal that. title. Yeah. Do you think, like, what? But what happens with the Fiend after that? Like, that's my biggest worry. Yeah. Like, I do would, you, do you like throw him off TV till SummerSlam? Like, what do you do? Like, I think I would do that. Yeah. Just keep him off TV. For sure, the month after that happens. Yeah. And then in May, start having those like cryptic Firefly Funhouse. Like, you think it's a Firefly Funhouse, but it's not. And then all of a sudden in June, we see the Firefly Funhouse pick up and you see Mr. Rogers Bray sitting down like all sad with the rabbit and the bunny. <laughs> That'd be pretty bad. And all of a sudden you see like a darker Firefly Funhouse and he comes back as a fiend at SummerSlam. Yeah, and maybe he wins it back. So yeah, that that could be that could be something that they could work with. But I don't want Roman Reigns to win. I, I've I've said this before. I don't think I think they would just put themselves in a position they they've been in before where he would get booed pretty heavily. Yeah. I feel like if Roman Reigns beat the Fiend, it'd kind of be the same reaction when he beat Triple H. Yeah, like people didn't want to see Triple H lose, which was awful because it's Triple H. But um, I don't really know, man, what to believe for this WrestleMania. I know that it's still far away. We have the Saudi show. Um, Fastlane too. <laughs> they have too many shows. There's like three more pay-per-views, so I don't even know why we're talking about WrestleMania. This is just basically our outlook, our predictions, our whatever. We're just we're just talking, shooting the shit. Um, but yeah, you have anything else really to add? There's... I don't know what they're doing with uh, Rusev and Bobby, but uh, Ruby Riot came back, attacks Liv Morgan. So is uh, are they hinting at Ruby Riot and Lana having uh, a thing going on? <laughs> like. What the hell's going on? Here? <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even put two and two together. Yeah, maybe that could maybe be a thing. Um, lesbian now or bisexual, whatever. LGBTQ, whatever. I don't really know. I don't want to get into that. That's a very sensitive yeah. topic. But Vince will probably make it work. Um, like you said before, Bobby Lashley could have been a great feud for Brock Lesnar. Especially we we've never seen that. Like I, for Mania, that would have been pretty cool. But it, obviously, Drew is the yeah is the better fit 
Um, that's like that's my biggest question is if if they're doing nothing with Bobby right now, does that mean you can maybe see him being the first heel to take on Drew to keep that like monster versus monster for the WWE title? That'd be pretty cool seeing Lashley versus Drew, seen as they've been linked together since what 2017. Yeah, even an impact like they were always like in the hunt there for the title and when Lashley had all the gold there like I would like to see that but the only thing is Lana with Lashley like I think they gotta cut that out they would have to yeah and maybe even bring either Leo Rush back with them or MVP he had some moments on uh, at the Royal Rumble and then Raw they had the thing in TNA the beatdown clan have MVP be his mouthpiece I can and, see that uh, Lashley doesn't have to really talk of a lot but his promo last night was pretty good yeah it was short simple uh, don't let him talk too much though because it's rough. So build him up like that. He also doesn't sound intimidating. Yeah. Like when he talks, it's like you don't sound scary it's at like all. It's like his man. voice doesn't match. Like yeah, MC. yeah. I'm gonna beat you, man. And it's like, <laughs> okay, okay, man. It's like when Brock does that, like scream. Ah. Yeah. Like, you don't sound like the way you look at all, and it's not helping this whole. Uh, build up to the match <laughs> remember when he was backstage and like paul Heyman told him to go out oh, and he's yeah. just he's like no not going. i'm reading <laughs> like his little baby <laughs> voice i'm reading don't, don't yeah brock brock's a legend because like you just look at him and he's a mammoth and then he talks and it's like what where's your chew where's your chew toy like you're a little kid like i don't know but um i really hope me and you we should be i guess like we shouldn't be on the creative team because we're seeing we're seeing some pretty good shit right now i mean it's like what are you doing with this guy nope nope scratch yeah nope nope listen to this episode okay we have a good we have a good plan for bobby lashley you guys are doing nothing with him um kevin owens is another guy like what do you see after wrestlemania because like you said money in the bank that's when you know big plans start heating up for certain superstars he's been rumored to win it many times like last year he was a big time player do we finally see him maybe win it this year as a top babyface, or do you think they're just going to get lazy and just turn him heel again? Yeah, because this face turn was nice. Like, the way they had it. With it Shane, organic. it was good. Yeah, and then with The Miz, like, they had them all together, and it was they all used Shane McMahon as a way to get them over as babyfaces. So I would hate to see, like, Samoa Joe go back to being a heel. Like, he just turned face, and Kevin Owens going back to being a heel, and it's so fresh, so... I would build towards a Money in the Bank with Kevin Owens. Would you have him win it? Yeah. Yeah? I would have him and uh, maybe even Seth and Buddy Murphy, like, in the match, put the odds against them, and then Kevin Owens wins it. Yeah, I like that, too. That that sounds like sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah, that's basically it for this week. We've been about 45 minutes. It's a pretty good number. But uh, stay tuned for next week. Uh, we will talk probably about the trade de- – uh, the trade deadline maybe we'll just talk about the moves that are, that have happened and hopefully the leafs they could stay hot and they can stay in the postseason with freddie injured stay tuned guys for episode 67 cheers